This is Matt Hines for a Triple Bottom Line podcast. Today is the next episode around fixing the food system. I want to talk about uh, a little bit about land management, but also growing and raising practices. This aspect of the food system is um, probably the one that I have the most ground and experience to stand on here. Um, And I have a lot to say about the way that we generally are growing food and how that relates to how we're managing the land that the food is being grown on and some really cool ideas for how we can take what are the weaknesses of our food system in this regard and make it a strength. I'm going to refer basically to the outline of a book called Restoration Agriculture by Mark Shepard for this episode because he lays it out in a really fantastic way. I've gleaned a lot from this book. It's far from the only book on the topic, but it's the one that I've just got done reading. So, um, and I think it's a pretty, pretty awesome summary. So, you know, this is basically advocating for agroforestry systems, perennial-based agriculture systems, um, and integrated farming systems that are dynamic, that are um, management-intensive, but they're very, very resilient as well. So v- imagine this, okay? You have a 100-acre plot of land. What do you do on it to make it the best agricultural system to serve your community? Um, Well, one vision is, and this is Mark Shepard's actual practice, because he's put this vision into practice on his farm in southern Wisconsin, um, where you have rows of trees um, with you know, like taller trees intermixed with shorter trees, which are intermixed with um, vining type of uh, fruit bearing trees. Um, By the way, most of these are bearing fruit or nuts. Um, Others are really good for a biomass for um, wood, for wood burning stoves, Um, homegrown energy source. But then what you also have is you have paddocks, uh, fenced off areas um, that are also, uh, they're more like meadows. And uh, so you have the rows of the trees and also rows of meadow. And in the meadows, you can do a couple of things. Uh, One thing is you could just grow the grasses there um, and then you would have the animals coming and grazing on the grasses. But you can also use those areas to grow your annual type of agriculture, fruits uh, or or, or veggies, and also like staple crops like potatoes and corn, soybeans and things like that. Um, And really what you want to do and what they advocate for here is rotating through. So on one year, the paddock will have grazing cows. And then the next year you'll have maybe chickens come through. And then the third year you can grow veggies on there. And then the fourth year you grow a staple crop. 
um, etc. And you, you can continue that kind of cycle or you can integrate other animals into that cycle. You can just grow like a cover crop one year. Um, but you can see in this way it's a very dynamic system. Um, and also what happens here is because you have the trees intermixed with the meadow, you're going to have a couple of things happen. You're going to have greater environmental stabilization because those trees with their deep roots are going to stabilize the soil. Um, they're also going to be producing tons of biomass, not only with just the, their woody their trunks and their branches but also their leaves their leaves are super fertile and building they build the soil up increasing the level of uh, of organic matter in the soil and they're also producing they can produce food for the animals so some of that leaf matter and some of the nuts are going to fall into the paddock and then the animals will have access to that in addition to the, the grasses that they're grazing on. So the nutrition for the animals is absolutely amazing in this system. And the, the animals in turn, you know, they're, they're eating the grass and they're pooping it and they're basically, their poop is like plant food. You know, so then you're you're actually going to be building the soil up. You know, we th there's this kind of thing, and I'll talk a little bit more in a minute um, about like what our current state of agriculture is and the trends that we see. Um, but just note that in this system, this restoration agriculture system, which is perennial based, it also has animals and annual crops. Well, this system is building the soil up. It's making the soil better. It's making the environment cleaner um, and more vibrant. You're going to be also supporting a lot of other wildlife. Um, so you're going to be increasing the habitat for wildlife in this sort of restoration agriculture system. Now, this is, an op this is opposed to the unfortunate trend that we've seen over the last 80 years that continues today where you have uh, hundreds of thousands, millions of acres that have been totally clear cut. All of the trees have been cut down um, or most of them have been cut down and there you have growing corn, wheat, soy, and a few other staple crops. Um, but you, for miles and miles, all you can see, actually, Mark Shepard talks about this in his book, where when he looks from his hilltop on his farm, he sees, yeah, all these rows of different trees and uh, tall grasses and shrubs and everything else. But then when he looks beyond that, as far as, as I can see, it's just straight corn, straight cornfields, no trees, just bare lands, you know, and it's bare for like eight months out of the year the corn is growing for a four month period but the rest of the year it's just totally bare out there bare dirt um and this way of doing agriculture it he he talks about in his book how calorie per acre um the corn system is twice as productive as his restoration agriculture farm so that much is true but there are a lot of other externalities to this most importantly, 
Uh, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, well, we have to feed the world, so we have to grow corn because it produces more calories per acre. But think about eating nothing but corn. It's a false statement to say that we have to grow corn to feed the world because corn by itself can't feed the world. And if you look at the nutritional issue that we have in our uh, food deserts, a food desert is not well at least in america you know and increasingly throughout the world starvation is being eradicated it's still too prevalent in too many places i'll grant you that but just focusing in on america and many other first or second world countries starvation is not the issue the issue in a food desert which there are still tons of food deserts the issue there is that there's not enough micronutrients there's not enough fresh wholesome produce um and so and then if you look at the nutritional content that would come from a restoration agriculture endeavor where you've got multiple different kinds of fruits and nuts in addition to fresh veggies and also you're getting meats um from the right there on the property um so though you're only growing half as many calories you're getting a complete diet from what's growing on that restoration agriculture plot, okay? And this is not to mention the environmental degradation that has come from a monocropped style of agriculture approach. Because think about that eight months out of the year where that ground is totally bare on those millions of acres of corn that we have all throughout the country and you get a heavy rain that comes through, all of that topsoil gets either packed down in a cake-like, you know, formation on the top of the soil, or everything washes away, it washes down into the river, and you're losing what... Suppose that you amended the soil, you spread a bunch of lime on the soil the month before you planted your, your corn, and you worked that into the soil, Well, all of that has just washed away with that heavy rain. So you're going to have to do the same process again. You know, so in a restoration agriculture, like I mentioned with uh, the stabilization that comes from the deep-rooted perennial plants, uh, you're not nearly going to have that uh, soil degradation uh, happening. And also, the composition of the soil changes when you have the animal poops being deposited on the soil because they they basically serve as a sponge to hold on to uh the water and instead of having the water just have nothing to hold on to and it just on a heavy rain it just hits the ground and rushes rushes away i could go on (laughs) um and certainly you should check out that book and this whole idea of agroforestry or silvo pastures is another way to look at this this model of doing agriculture it absolutely is the future and i think we should start today in investing in properties and do taking the investments necessary to convert these plots of land that they may be even degraded and not even that high of value for agriculture right now but they still would be suitable to convert into silvo pastures another reference is the biggest little farm Uh, i think that's it's a documentary and it does a really fantastic job of getting into the details of how to do one of these systems 
but also giving you an honest look of like it's an investment a big time long-term investment you're not going to make money in the first decade but after a decade you are going to have a system that will almost sustain itself for um a hundred years plus and the work that is necessary to maintain it on a year-to-year basis after that initial investment is far lesser than the annual agriculture systems um so i'm what i'm hoping to see like i'm hoping that more and more individuals take the initiative to start this out and we're actually doing a little bit to uh plan out what would what we would do on our property here at the Crans Hill property to t- convert it into an agroforestry uh, sanctuary. Um, and I'm hoping more and more people are able to do this, but it would certainly help if we had a robust um, investment program. And this may be it's a federal program. Um, the infrastructure bill that I advocate for, the one thing that I think we should do to help us get out of the COVID recession once things start to clear up. Well, we don't even have to wait for it to clear up. We can start these investments right now. It's to do a, a, an infrastructure bill. And one of the big things that would inc- be included in this infrastructure bill is to support the development of agroforestry uh, systems just dump a bunch of money into these systems help people to get them get off of the ground uh, secure the land which I talked about on the last podcast that's a one big part of it but the other big part of it is just a lot of infrastructure that goes into it building the fences building the barns uh, investing in the tractors you might need a Uh, soil amendments at the beginning you might need help like starting your markets up so you can actually sell your produce and help you to become sustainable uh, self-sustaining economically Um, but an initial investment to help with the startup cost is really important in developing markets and um, and also just the trees that would need to be planted helping to hire uh, laborers Um, But you can see here what you would be doing is not only putting people to work, um, but you would be building infrastructure around our food system that would help to make communities across the whole country more resilient, more independent, and it would be something that would be an upfront investment that would then last for decades and decades. Okay, so that's what we can do to fix the food system from the land management and growing and raising practice standpoint.